Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. Today we're talking about a paper. Uh, who's it written by? Uh, the paper is Mosteller, Frederick Mosteller, David Wallace. Are you sure? <laughs> You're listening to Linear Digressions. So today we're talking about how do we know who wrote a particular paper, a blog post, a whatever. Yeah, authorship is something that it seems like on first blush might be actually pretty hard to tell who wrote a, a given thing, just given what the contents of the, of the material is. It turns out that machine learning actually is very, very powerful, that you put something, that, that when we write things we have, we fingerprint them in the same way that everyone's walk is very distinctive and their cadence of speaking is very distinctive. The way that they write is very distinctive as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, also the way people type is very distinctive too. There yeah. are a lot of authentication algorithms which authenticate you based on the way that you type in your password or type as you're that's using really the computer. That's really cool. Now that's a different topic for another day, but- We should do that. Okay, yeah. neat, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how it works, maybe you can tell me. But this is about taking the words that someone's written and figuring out who they are or if they are who they say they are. Yeah, so we have three different examples that all touch on this same general theme. Example number one. Example number one. Let's start with the classic one. This is one of the first instances of using Bayes' rule to do text classification. So Bayes' rule is just a rule in statistics. And this is something that we, we talk about in some detail in the Introduction to Machine Learning course in the very first lesson, in fact. But it's just a way of probabilistically saying if you see something that shows up, so if someone uses a particular word, mm -hmm. and you have some prior information about who was writing documents and with what frequency they use particular words, then you can compute how likely it is that a, a, one of those people wrote that document, given the fact that the word appears in it. That seems pretty simple. So if yeah. I use the word awesome all the time, then if you take a, some piece of something that someone wrote and you're not sure who it was and they say awesome a lot, chances are with a limited number of potential authors, it'd be more likely to be me. All other things being equal, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So this first example that we're going to talk about, the Mosteller and Wallace paper, this was written in 1963. So this was before even any kind of high-powered computing, of course, right? But the problem that we're trying to solve actually goes back to the earliest days of the founding of the United States. Mm -hmm. In the period around the Revolutionary War and when they were trying to figure out how to write the Constitution, there were a series of papers called the Federalist Papers that you probably learned about in high school government class and then promptly forgot all about. I don't remember learning them probably because I forgot them. <laughs> yeah. So they're, trying, they're talking about how the country should function and they're making a bunch of arguments about, oh, should it be parliamentary or should it be executive with the legislative branch and how are all these things going to work? All right. And so some of them were written by John Jay, some of them were written by James Madison, some of them were written by Alexander Hamilton, and some of them we don't know who wrote them. But we think it's very likely that it was one of these few characters who we know signed some of the other ones. Okay. And so the idea is if you can do a, a textual analysis or a linguistic analysis on the patterns and the words that are being used in these unsigned papers, you compare them to the patterns that are being used in the signed papers, can you figure out who the author was? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that was what they sought to do in this paper. And it's a real tour de force because they're really demonstrating, I think for the first time that this method 
can work in, in terms of the, the, if you just break apart a piece of a, a document into its words, that you can figure out the author this way. Mm-hmm. And so there's, they're not doing anything that's super complicated because they really have to build this method from the ground up. And they go through word by word and they just, they build the whole thing. Did they do this with computers or did they do this by hand? You know, that's a good question. I don't see any, I didn't read it in great detail. So there might be some detail in here that I'm missing, but I don't see anything in here that points to the fact that they had to use a computer. Obviously okay, there's- so a, this could have been, I mean, this seems like a simple enough technique that you could do it manually. Yeah, the problem with doing it manually is just that there's a lot of words. And so you have to have a bunch of grad students who sit there and mark each time somebody uses the word while. Right, that's that's what interns are for, right? Exactly. That's what computers <laughs> are for too, right? Is, well, yeah, they're yeah. really good at tedious, you know, repeated tasks. But nonetheless, you can do tedious repeated tasks as a human if you just give yourself enough time. Mm-hmm. So what they what they do is they break it apart into the words that Madison and Hamilton are using. Madison and Hamilton are their two hypotheses as to who the authors might be. So that's the, who was it this person or that person? Yeah. Those are the two people. Yeah. And so then they start to look at the patterns of the specific words that are being used by Madison and by Hamilton and then whether those words show up in the unsigned documents. So here's a couple of examples. Alexander Hamilton never used the word whilst. Really? Hamilton did. So if you see the word while versus whilst, this is a signature, uh, whether it's Hamilton or Madison. Another example is the word by. Madison uses that twice as often as Hamilton does. So if you see a lot of instances of the word by, Alone, I won't tell you anything, but taken in aggregate, it gives you sort of a pointer in one direction. So if all of your pieces of evidence are pointing in one direction, then that's a pretty clear sign as to who the author was. I'm just dying to know who who wrote, who it? wrote them. It was Madison. Madison wrote them. They're very sure of it for all but two of them, for okay. Madison. Oh, and the, about the two? The two, I think, are still probably Madison. So number 55, Federalist Paper number 55, the evidence is weak. And so they only get odds of 80 to 1 for Madison. They, they take this as a weak to, case. 80 to 1? Yeah, that's what they say. Like 80 times out of 81 times would be Madison. Roughly. Is what they're guessing. That's the, yeah, that's uh, a simple way of... That's how odds work, right? <laughs> yes, Ben. No, but you, you get an idea, right? It's many yeah. times more likely to be Madison than... Hamilton. So that's weak evidence. That's what they consider weak evidence. They say that number 56 is the next weakest one. That is 800 to 1 for Madison. And then they fill, they they spell out then all of the, what we would call the p-values, the probabilities for all the other papers. And those are much, much stronger for Madison. So in a nutshell, it was Madison. Wow. Machine learning. 1960s era machine learning. That's amazing. Except in this case, the machine very well could have been a human. Right. Like these techniques. But the techniques are exactly the same. Yeah. Okay, so that is really, really neat. I I love the idea that what we call machine learning, we only call it machine learning because machines are so much better at it than humans, but really the fundamental techniques are things that humans can oftentimes do. They're very simple ideas, and the idea is that a machine is just really good at doing them a million times because it has to go through a million training examples or a million training examples times 100 features a piece or something like that. With text learning especially, there's huge numbers of features that you have to deal with because each word is a feature. So it's very tedious for a human to go through, but it's, it's not really that complicated. It's just doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
All right, so I'm super excited to hear about these other two examples. We are running short on time on this episode, so the next episode will be about the next two, the other two examples, which are actually quite different as far as I remember. The very different context, much more modern. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.